When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Age of Radio. Hey, everybody. This is Steve. I just want to let you know that for all the latest on our podcast, uh, hit us up at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Patreon if you want to check that out. But our homepage is with the Age of Radio Network at ageofradio.org slash everything I learned from movies. And if you're looking for some amazing art, check out my wife's Etsy page at untidyvenus.etsy.com. All kinds of great stuff there. Also, follow us at PodCartFest, that's P-O-D-C-A-R-T-F-E-S-T, for our periodic art and podcasting festival that we're going to be hosting. It's, uh, it's actually pretty cool. Check it out. So yeah, on that note, let's get to the show. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one-line plot holes a gratuitous movies It's time to get busy With your friend Stephen Izzy She stole 50 grand from me I want her back And I want you to find her for me you got problems now, Terry. You want trouble too? Not many people could handle something like this, Jesse. But you come from a powerful family. So what is it you don't like exactly? Uh, football players, tacos, or beer? I like tacos and I like beer. But so many people must have loved you. Just let me take her back with me, Terry. You mean he could hurt me? Don't think if he doesn't even things up with me, I'm not going to stomp on his pretty face. You were in on it, too. That's not You helped set me up. Get off him! I just found out tonight Jake jumps for you. You told him everything, didn't you? Didn't you? You've become everything I'm about. Don't you understand that? Jake, I love him! You don't think I need to be cared for, too? She was a beautiful fugitive, fleeing from corruption and from power. He was a professional athlete past his prime, hired to find her, and he grew to love her. Love turned to obsession, obsession turned to murder, and now the price of freedom might be nothing less than their lives. This is going to be a really entertaining review of Against All Odds, starring Jeff Bridges, Rachel Ward, and James Woods, featuring our friends Stephen Izzy from 
Everything, Everything I learned from movies. movies. Hey, everybody. Hey, I'm sorry. You just described the plot to The Big Lebowski, so we may yeah. have watched the wrong movie. <laughs> An unemployed Jeff Bridges is hired by a rich white to find a family member. <laughs> Hi, Jinxon Sue. <laughs> well, some nice shades you got on there, Eric. Yeah, yeah. It's all 80s all the time. <laughs> <laughs> got the collar freshly popped. I am so happy to be back with you guys and we have Mountain Man Dan with us and we have Tanya from the drive-thru and we're going to be talking about Against All Odds, a movie that you guys hadn't seen and I hadn't seen. I don't think anybody had seen it. We got sucked into this because of a car chase. So what better way to talk about an 80s movie than through a car chase scene? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Where do we start? Well, I, I mean, we got to start with, like, the people that brought us this movie, right? <laughs> Who are they, Steve? <laughs> well, I mean, they. it was directed by Tyler Hackford. Who? Uh, you, you know the guy. Uh, you might know him from other movies he's directed, like Bukowski. <gasps> no, not that no. one. Uh, An Officer and a Gentleman. Oh. All right. This. <laughs> White Knights. And then, yeah, music videos for this Phil Collins guy we might be talking about later. Uh, Lionel Richie, uh, a movie called Everybody's All-American, Bound by Honor. All right. Then we start getting into stuff like Dolores Claiborne. Ooh. Who? Yeah. Uh, how about The Devil's Advocate, babe? You ever seen that yeah. movie? What? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Where are you? <laughs> uh, guys, you want to see Keanu with a Floridian accent, quote unquote? <laughs> That's oh, the movie. Baby. Oh, baby. Uh, I, love I love the dumpster fire movie so much. But, babe, there's more. Wait, but see, where does he fuck? Everywhere. You know what I, I love about this is <laughs> this is such a gem of a movie, and it comes on the heels of Jeff Bridges doing Tron, right? If you look at the IMDb yeah. for this, there's not much in between. Oh, that and, and immediately this. after this is Starman, where he basically plays deadpan. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so he's really showing his versatility as an actor in, in like a three-year span. Yeah, You're able to see the dude in all of his dude-dumb across these movies. Oh, oh and we'll get let's to face that. it, Jeff Bridges is just the dude. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> but talk about an all-star cast in this movie too i mean yeah you mentioned academy award winner jeff bridges uh, academy award i think nominee at least uh james woods oh as, as jake jake wise or wheeze or i don't know how you're supposed to say his name it's said a couple different ways in this movie weiss I, I have said it many times on our podcast. James Woods is a dumpster fire of a human being. He is not a good man, but that translates so beautifully on film. He is a joy to watch. He's, he's a quintessential villain. I mean, you just look at him, but oh, that's yeah. a bad guy. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Even in John Carpenter's Vampires. Oh, dude. Yeah. Well, so John Carpenter's Vampires. John Carpenter wanted to make a vampire hunter who was as cruel and vicious as the things he killed. And I think Which it worked. Not and if you want to see Daniel some, Baldwin, and if you want to, right? If you want to see some peak James Woods, you have to watch the Specialist. He is <laughs> at the peak of his game. And then we've got Rachel Ward, right? Who? Who yeah, <laughs> exactly. she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have guys like Alex Karras, who played Hank Sully, right? Who isn't yeah. he the dad from Webster? I think so. I know he's in. 
stuff in the 80s that I never watched, but um, yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. I've never seen Webster. So <laughs> you've got Saul Saul Rubinek, who Tanya knows from Frasier as the husband of Daphne. No, you've... they didn't get married. Thank what? you very much. She yeah, didn't so... marry Donnie. She left him at the altar. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's but, right. For others, you may know Saul Rubinek as a oh shit, I forget the name of the producer's name in true romance, but he's that guy. Yeah. Like and... coked out, uh definitely not Joel Silver. <laughs> I mean, you've got Swoozy Kurtz. I mean, the list goes on. And and one of my personal favorites, Dorian Harewood. Does anybody know where he's from? Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. We just saw him. Um, fuck, was, fuck. The, the, well, the black guy. We just saw him in a movie. Oh. Dorian Harewood. Yeah. I don't. Oh, I don't my God. Remember. No. No, I just had a brain fart. Where, where is he from? Was it, was it a Cameron Mitchell movie? Probably. Well, well, as Tanya said, I know him best. From the Viper TV series, he played the technician in the wheelchair who built the morphing, you know, multi-vehicle Viper, you know, that that uh, was basically a replacement for Knight Rider. Oh, that's what you bring up? Not like, uh, well, first thing that comes up on his IMDb is Full Metal Jacket, uh, Space Jam, Sudden Death. He's the guy. Sudden yeah, that's what I, yeah. <laughs> Sudden Death, the Jean-Claude Van Damme, dare I say classic. That's what we watched recently. Oh, it's a classic. Anything with Jean-Claude Van Damme is instantly classic. <laughs> uh, and, and Eric, I, I wanted to bring this up. One of my favorite actors is in this movie, too. Uh, an actor named Ted White. Who's he, Steve? You might know him as security guard with dog in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's a stuntman uh, in over 80 things, starting with, like, uh, he was gunslinger in Cat Blue, assassin in Man from Uncle. Trooper in Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, who I'm surprised we haven't talked about on this show yet. Uh, <laughs> he was Hugo Malt in an episode of Kolchak. He was Nazi in Fence in two separate episodes of The Rockford Files. He was Frankie in Demonoid. It's about a devil hand. Check it out. Uh, Goon number one in Going Ape, the timeless Danny DeVito, Tony Danza movie everyone loves. Have we uh, done that for April yet? No, we have not. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> Uh, guard number three in Tron, this, Grogan in Romancing the Stone, Jason Voorhees in uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. I think that's the fourth one of 12 or so they've made. Uh, he was the deer hunter in Starman. <gasps> uh, another Jeff Bridges one. Uh, a couple episodes of The Fall Guy, Henchman in Magnum P.I., Attendant in X-Files, and Trooper in... Double take. Yes, the Orlando Jones, Eddie Griffin movie everybody has on Blu-ray. And the reason, and normally we would save all of this cast and credit information for the bottom of an ELF and everything I learned from movies and break fix crossover episode. But in this case, we need to set the stage. We need to get people to understand the star-studded <laughs> cast, the amount of money that was thrown at this movie, and how much potential <laughs> it has. Just That's right. based the, on this. We, we just need an excuse for why the sky is so dark because all of the stars are in this movie. <laughs> well, we be, before we dive into it, what are you guys drinking tonight? Oh, oh my. Dave, you want to take this one? Well, we have from Sierra Nevada Brewing, the p traditional pale ale draft style, 5% alcohol by volume. Steve's going to pop his top. Oh, my top. And, oh, my top. Hey, yeah, guys, now. Sierra Nevada, we love it. We're horse for Sierra Nevada. And if you've never been to the brewery, at least the one in Chico is Willy Wonka and the Beer Factory. It's one of the most fun beer tours you will ever do. Wow. How about you guys? What are y'all drinking? 
I haven't I haven't popped my top yet, but you've noticed that I've popped my the collar. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm wearing my Jones polarized big aviator sunglasses. I'm wearing my Ferrari polo shirt. I've got my 911 Cabriolet behind me here. I'm I'm trying to Never immerse forget. myself in the world of against all odds. And just like this movie, I went on a wild goose chase looking <laughs> for Tab, and I settled instead on San Pellegrino. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, this movie screams white people doing white people things. I mean, set in LA, in the hills of Malibu and Santa Monica, and it just goes from there. Yeah, there's not enough Yacht Rock. I agree. <laughs> Embrace the Yacht Rock. Well, the one thing you're saying, Eric, when it came to the cast and, you know, the budget, I'd be curious to know the budget because, like, it, the movie's from 1984. Actors weren't paid near as much then as they are now, I don't imagine. So couldn't have been that cost for this movie. And here's the thing. I did, I'm did. i a big Jeff Bridges fan. Like, I, if, if people know, Tron is like one of my top five movies of all time. Second it to doesn't like, even have cars. Exactly. Well, it's got motorcycles, though. <laughs> yeah, it's got the light cycles. Or They're something. light cycles, yeah. It, it's a close tie between 89 Batman with Michael Keaton and Tron. I mean, they're like fighting for first, right? Jeff Bridges in this movie is 35 years old. He's been acting yeah. literally since he was in diapers in 1949. And so he's he's probably the most overpaid person on this movie, but he didn't really gain his popularity until the 80s. And obviously he became a superstar with the Big Lebowski and he's kind of, you know, stamped himself. Wait, in, was in that the one that made him a superstar? <laughs> I, it called, I think culturally a superstar. Like he is a he's a pop uh, icon, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He's that pop culture reference after the Big Lebowski. Like everybody knows him for that, despite everything he did up until that point. He said he had thirty five years of he had an entire career when Rachel Ward was still trying to get off the blocks with hers, right? And so the dynamic of people in this movie is really interesting. And there is a hidden gem here, which we'll talk about in the, what did we learn part of this episode <laughs> that I discovered along the way. But I think we need to really peel back the onion here and talk about this talk about what could have been a really, really good movie and where, <laughs> and where, we, what we ended up with. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I guess before that, uh, Mountain Man Dan, uh, not to be confused with Mountain Mike, which I've been calling you the past couple times. Um, <laughs> what do you think the budget for this movie was? I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine it was too much. So, yeah. no. any guesses out there? I'm going to say 125,000. 125,000. <laughs> well, in 1980s dollars, right? I'm going to guess this is like a multi-million dollar movie well yeah, yeah, yes more two more than two million i'll give you that no it's a uh, 13 million so yeah okay. like that even like with inflation stuff kind of a mid-range you know like probably be like a netflix movie nowadays you know <laughs> well let's face it that porsche and that ferrari were new at that time and they were not cheap mm -hmm. yeah so there went most of the budget there you go there you go. And that was a new that was a new 308. That wasn't some borrowed leftover from Magnum PI either. That was a 308 QV that came out in 84, 85 time range. That's like the end of the line for that car. So they spent a pretty penny. I think those things were going in 1980s dollars for in the high 30s, low $40,000 for one of those. And then all the stunts, 
you know, that they probably needed 13 of them to get through the chase scene, which again, we'll talk about as we go along. So I can see it racking up a pretty penny. Still for 1984, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. It's a quality film. And and yeah. Stephen Izzy are going to take us through it. So where do oh, we start? Oh, okay. oh, are we? Oh, bizarre. <laughs> All right, get ready to uh, for us to do a tap takeover. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we start off in Cozumel. Cozumel, Mexico, baby. We get a nice little POV shot of uh, basically Jeff Bridges doing his best T-1000. Like, have you seen this woman? Have you seen this woman? Donde esta diesel woman? I don't know. I, what I, I, like Spanish she's trained to do. The only Spanish she had to learn, which we heard 50 times. I visto esta mujer. I visto esta mujer. Like, oh, my, my wife was making fun. Like, is that all he knows how to say in Spanish? Yes, that is all oh, he knows he how to say. He it for a week. Nailed it. Hashtag nailed it. All right. For for the car people, did anybody figure out what he was driving in that opening scene before they showed it later? All right. Well, I thought it was a Porsche. Like, no. he can kind of tell. No, 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 no. no. This was the... Oh, I the one in Mexico? It was a thing. Yes! Oh, yes! yeah, yeah. The Volkswagen oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, but then, guys, forget that, because we're going to cut immediately to football practice. Like, immediately. I'm like, oh, did I, did, did I hit skip? Nope. Nope, we're just there. I well, and, uh, real quick interruption before the football practice, when he's still in Mexico, the thing that set the tone for me automatically is when he's sitting there at the table in a diner or whatever, and he's like asleep and they have to come up and like wake up. And he's like, oh, and he kind of wakes up. I'm like, that should have been the, the, the foresight for me right there to just stop watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He basically <laughs> fell asleep waiting for his meal to be brought. And I'm like, oh, it's to show he's been exhausted by saying the same line over and over again all day. <laughs> Like, uh, Mr. Bridges, we're ready to shoot. Uh, uh, oh, yes, thank you for the lobster and whatever is here on the plate. <laughs> yeah. But I agree with uh, you. It took a sudden turn that I was not expecting. Here we are, training day, on a no-name football team, which I think is supposed to be the Raiders? Yeah, the LA Outlaws, but it's the 80s, and, you know, you got to make up the teams. Otherwise, you got to pay the NFL $25, and, you know, you, can't, you don't want to do that. Not, not on this tight budget. Um, and yeah, he's, you know, a 35-year-old wide receiver. Uh, we know what, there's what, dozens of them in the NFL now? Is Larry Fitzgerald still uh, still receiving? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the the, uh, the new coach, I guess, that's come in, he's like, mm, I don't like you. You and your Steve Largent with a beard attitude. I need, <laughs> you say you got a good shoulder. Let's find out by having you just ram it into this thing that's not how you use that that sled by the way like i don't know how, if you guys played football in high school you don't just randomly jam body parts into it like you're trying to break <laughs> it you're trying to pop your shoulder back in the place and it's lethal weapon yeah like, uh, <laughs> unreal well especially he's also like I'm going to do it just out of spite or whatever like you're going to cripple yourself out of spite for the coach and this is why NFL players make sure they get their guaranteed money now. That that hurt just watching it. I don't know who the stunt guy was or if Jeff was doing that, but every time he lunged into that thing, I just, oh man, my shoulder hurt just thinking about it. Well, yeah. I just when I played football in the nineties, the padding wasn't that great on it. Then you could feel that metal bar hitting on your shoulder. So oh, yeah, yeah. back in the eighties, I'm sure the padding was even worse. It's like it's like yeah. filled with ball bearings or something. It's uh, no. Why are there shorts in here? Yeah. 
<laughs> now, based on that opening scene with him and Cozumel and his limited uh, Spanish, I was expecting him to turn around to the coach and be like, yo, soy fiesta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> have you seen this woman? What? No. <laughs> Wait, I think that's the owner's daughter. <laughs> we'll find out later. But yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, so he gets like, I guess, cut by the coach right there. Like, oh, cool. You you broke your shoulder again. Uh, good luck. You're out. Uh, he's like, oh, I'm going to call my agent. Uh, what's his name? Steve Kirsch or whatever. Saul, Saul Rubinick. And uh, <laughs> discount Elliot Gold. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, can you be a discount Elliot Gold when you're already starting off with Elliot Gold, though? I'm I'm sorry, babe. You mean the star of uh, the Devil and Max Devlin? Max Devlin, and what was the one where he? What was what was the one where James Bond played a Nazi? Oh, uh, Escape from Athena or something yes. like that. Yeah, where our romantic lead was Elliot Gold. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the 70s had a lot of coke too never forget <laughs> and roger was... moore was a nazi <laughs> <laughs> get that dropped <laughs> uh but yeah he drives off in his porsche uh what what, what was 911 uh 2.0 it was a it was a 84 911 sc cabriolet and it, in that parking lot shot when you see it the first time i was like "Ooh, this is cool there's also a couple, it was kind of funny to see the other Porsches in the parking lot. I, I'm sure Dan and Tanya probably picked up on it. To the left of the car was a 924 and to the right was a 928. And I was like, oh, this is a Porsche, you know, get together here. It's like a club meeting at the uh, the football club or at the football uh, training camp. So, you know, I, I always love these old movies because there are cars placed here and there. And I play that game of like, what's that quarter panel from? And if I can, you know, figure it out from just even a taillight or something, then it, it makes it kind of fun and makes it, you know, I've, I've spotted all sorts of weird cars in old movies like that. So that that's the end of my, my nerd out on that stuff. Lots of Porsches in this movie. So there goes <laughs> the budget again. I know I, I got the same thing with like the uh, nude body doubles in 80s movies and I'm like <laughs> wait a minute I know those nipples <laughs> Tanya knows what I'm talking about so I will say there was a oh no no keep going keep going I'm, I'm a little ahead of myself so I got like five pages oh. of notes <laughs> oh, and, and see I have a surprisingly few notes about this movie because there's just a lot of beautiful shots of Cozumel <laughs> and the montages and stuff but uh uh yeah but yeah so so he's trying to get a hold of his agent the agent's like uh, you know calling and the agent's like whatever pass him on to hal shoemaker who we'll never see in this movie unfortunately i'm i'm i assume he's gonna be played by like i don't know john goodman or something <laughs> but uh but yeah basically uh shows up in his porsche or whatever and he meets the secretary Edie, and um you know eventually talks to uh talks to his lawyer or agent or whatever he's supposed to be. Uh, and he's like, look, you, you know, I can't represent players anymore because I represent ownership. And I'm like, Oh, you're fucked buddy. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And, and Jeff Goldblum's like, Oh, you're not allowed to do that. And, uh, discount Elliot Gold's like, well, I mean, I do what I want. You can try fighting it, but like, good luck with that. And then, uh, he's, uh, uh Jeff is, uh, escorted out by the secretary who drops way too much information about a private meeting. Do it. Yeah, that it, yeah, she's she's you know ex, ED exposition, I believe was her full name. But uh yeah, she, and then she's also like, hey, so uh if you ever looking to hang out or whatever, I'm at the uh the ginger man bar or whatever down the street, and uh, I'm there just about every night. And I'm like, 
well, that's definitely not going to come back later in the movie. Nope. Which, and, when it, and when it does, what it's like six months later. <laughs> yeah, totally. But there was like, an, oh, Edie can't find a man in six months. Come on. And I'm so it, sweet. It reeked of desperation, which was a cologne by, I think, Pierre Cardin or Armani back in the 80s, too. But that whole scene was just pretty terrible. But I stopped at that moment. And Dan remembers as we reach back into our catalog, you know how you guys reach back into other movies. There's an episode we did with Ginger Man Raceway, and they tell the story about the Ginger Man bar. And so I had to stop for a second because I was really confused. We're in California. We're talking about meeting at the Ginger Man bar. And I'm like, wait, let me let me cross references. And there's only two in the United States official Ginger Man bars, Chicago and New York. And the one we are referencing to is in Chicago because that's where, you know, the guy that owned that actually created the racetrack. So I thought for a second, I was like, wow, that's a fun little tie, a little piece of trivia, a little nugget there for the gearheads. No, 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 no. So it's a fictitious ginger man, ginger man in Los Angeles playing off of whatever. So did they not even have one back in the eighties or I don't know if like there were like 12 back in the eighties, but now there's only two. This this movie like hard rocks. (laughs) <laughs> yes, this movie spiraled lots of research. I'm not going to kid you. So I had to stop at this moment and go look things up. So the the Ginger Man itself is actually a book, which is where these bars get their inspiration from. There's a whole, you know, not to get into all that, but there wasn't one in L.A. Confirmed original is New York and Chicago. Okay. East Coast thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if we consider Chicago East Coast. Yeah, it's east from here, so I'll allow it so here's the thing like so when i lived in detroit everybody was like oh that's midwest and i was like but you guys all consider chicago east coast and that is six hours west of here that's just as a bougie <laughs> how come she's not getting a hard time saying, saying illinois is east coast oh people <laughs> will say chicago's east coast and it's like no i'm sorry detroit in michigan is at least on east coast time <laughs> <laughs> what tanya is referring to is the beaches of pennsylvania that's what she's pennsylvania uh-huh. is closer to the actual coastline and i didn't mean that it's on the coastline much like she's doing she's insinuating it's part of the eastern side of the u.s <laughs> hey it's east of the mississippi that's east coast yeah it's not a flyover state <laughs> 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 it's a fly through state trust me you don't want it mm. <laughs> you don't want to have to change in midway or o'hare oh god midway <laughs> so now we cut away after smelling all that desperation oh yeah and, uh, well and and then we get a new scent this one is perspiration by jeff bridges as he's running laps and <laughs> and i mean look Look, Jeff Bridges is a handsome man, especially with the beard. Like, I, I mean, I'm used to him being though. clean cut, like in Tron and uh, uh, Starman and yeah. stuff like that. With the beard, I'm like, all right, I get it. All right, I get it now. The hair slicked back, like, all right. <laughs> never, never really seen him as like sex icon Jeff Bridges, but you know. What the Big Lebowski didn't do it for you? No, that was like that was just like looking in a mirror. So obviously raw <laughs> sex, but. <laughs> But then, uh, but then, By the yeah. way, I just want to put this out there. Steve did not win the Big Lebowski lookalike contest Aww. at our local Big Lebowski fest, and I did not win the Walter lookalike contest. To be fair, the guy that like oh, won the guy that for won Walter, who's was... like nine years in a row because he basically is he's John Jeff Goodman. John Goodman, yeah, John Goodman the third or something, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
John Goodman would lose that. <laughs> I was glad the Chihuahua came up like third. They just yeah, put the, a Chihuahua. They dressed the Chihuahua up in the dude sweater and it won like third place. Sorry, we have a big Lebowski uh, festival here in town. They've been doing it for like fifteen years or something. Uh, ten, ten years to yeah, ten, twelve, yeah, maybe fifteen. I don't know, a while. <laughs> but uh, yeah, check it out, Ogden, Utah. Uh, what happens? Oh, yeah, so his buddy uh, Dorian Harewood, uh, Tommy. Was his name Tommy in this movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Tommy. Yeah. Uh, um, he comes and he's basically like, hey, heard you got cut. That sucks, bro. Um, you know, Jake may have a job for you. <gasps> Who's Jake? Good old James Woods. <laughs> and and he, James Woods, who they also casually mentioned, yeah, he got stabbed like last week. So, you know, now's a good time to talk to him and like, get involved in a bunch of bullshit. And I'm like, Actually, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> like, he just got stabbed. He's probably up to his neck in bullshit right now. Oh, a baby face, James Woods. Oh, yeah. He was young what? there. Wait, is, is he not baby faced anymore? Oh, no, no, honey. Yes, he looks like the ravages of time finally he looks up like James ha- Woods. He looks like Hades now from Hercules. He does. He does. Oh, shit. Well, he sort of looks like if ha- he looks like Hades. He looks me. like Mr. Roper. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> The first right. picture when you Google James Woods and he comes up, the left-hand picture, Mr. Frickin' Roper. Norman Fell. Woo! Nice. Yeah, so the next morning we're at the beach um, and uh, we see James Woods trying to get the attention of his uh, his dog, Sam. <laughs> he's like, come here, buddy. Because he's like, I, I, the dog, I swear, was going to run right through the middle of this volleyball match okay, they're that, watching. That's the whole like thing, though. Like, yeah, the dog was getting involved, was like biting at the ball. And then we find out he's involved with the gambling, and I'm like, has he trained that dog to interfere with matches? Because I could totally see that being a plot point later. <laughs> but no. Um, but yeah, basically, they're like, oh, so I heard you might have a job. I just want you to know I'm not working for you. And James was like, yeah, 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 whatever. No, no, I'm, I'm your buddy. Remember, I'm just doing this gambling thing. Hey, just check out my new car. Want to race? <laughs> Beautiful. I just bought this. Looks like you got a brand new car, right? Beautiful black Ferrari too. Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, Eric, I, I think you need to take this next part away where, where we're talking yeah. about the race because I mean, if uh, your two bestens monitor isn't going off too much, well, I explained to Eric when after watching this first time, I was like, dude, why didn't you just send me like the clip of the you know this portion we're about to watch? Because like all I saw in this movie worth watching. The, yeah, the it was pro- all in the trailer too. That was the thing. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of the trailer, and unfortunately, the car chase scene, unlike a lot of movies of the era, is in the first like fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah. And you're like, I got an hour and forty five left to go. Like, what are we going to do oh, now? I was hoping it was setting us up. Like, uh, like my loins were were frothed for more of this the whole movie. Spoiler. So, I have to say, from a cinematic perspective, it was a good chase scene it was reminiscent of some of the 70s chase scenes the stunts were good there were a couple of cringe moments too where where james woods especially in the ferrari kind of pulls out against traffic and you're like is he gonna make it it's like oh that's close like even the stunt guy was probably having a code brown moment doing these stunts because they were really really close and they were really really tight what i also liked and you guys have heard me complain about before about using cars and films and chase scenes is the audio portion of it. And what was great about this was the audio was the 911 and the Ferrari. They were Never legit. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that was nice because it's not like, oh, it's a Mustang, you know, and you're like, Ugh, you know, that's gross. Like sort of the, some of the stuff they did on Miami Vice. 
But in this case, it all went together. It gelled. The two stunt drivers did a really good job. They came really close. They were like door to door a lot of the time. And oh, it yeah. was very well cool. done. I'm not sure what road they were on, but it looked like they were actually on some of those L.A. Canyon, close to the Canyon Roads, not like a Mulholland, but almost going down into the valley. And it was like, mm -hmm. this is this is done. They closed the road to do this. And this was very or well did Or did they? Yeah, that was my thing. I'm like, I hope those are stunt drivers coming the other way, because otherwise they might get hit, then shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it was just long enough, too, where some car chase scenes now are too short, or it's like Fast and the Furious, where it takes 10 minutes to drive an Alfa Romeo <laughs> on an airplane, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, a 17-mile runway. Yeah. It makes no sense. So in this case, it's like you, they didn't use the same piece of road over and over again. It kept going. It was a couple <laughs> minutes long. I love how they were sort of shouting at each other, that that antagonism, like, hey, screw you, buddy, but we're going to still do it. We're going to send it, you know? So it was fun. It was playful. And I was like, cool, this is, this is an interesting, again, a twist, like the fourth one in 15 minutes, because we went from Cozumel to football camp to the lawyer to this car chase and i'm like this movie's really sporadic but this could be a lot of fun and so again like izzy i'm like i'm all fired up i'm like i want i'm here for all of this <laughs> I like how have i not too. heard about this movie yeah i like yeah. some movies like they'll have you know a character or something that kind of disappears for a portion of it well in this one you know, James Wood at the beach had the dog. Well, the dog is his passion for Ferrari the whole time during this race. And you can see the dog various points in the car throughout the chase scene. So I like that fact that they didn't just take the dog out of the picture. Yeah. It was still and there. the dog could give zero shits about what they're doing, too. The dog is just like, yeah, this is a Tuesday. I don't even have a seatbelt on. <laughs> like, whatever, dude. By the way, I do just want to say it is totally cruel to have a Samoyed, an Alaskan sled dog in Los Angeles. <laughs> Although this is a gorgeous dog. A hundred percent. I agree. It was a really well-trained dog, really good looking dog. And uh, to Dan's point, the continuity, I like that as well. Like a lot of these movies, it's like, well, that was a jump cut. Uh, we'll go back and do that over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so we get back to, um, wait, I, I guess it was James Woods wait, bar. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, sorry. Wait, sorry. Wait, sorry. Wait. Go ahead. So all of that, this car chase is so good. Uh, uh. And then he comes around the corner and there's a parked garbage truck and he goes from doing probably like 60, 70, whatever they're flying around the corner in, and he's just like, ah! and he stops in like yeah. two car lengths. Yeah, then he like puts it in park, I don't know, puts on the hazard lights, like he's done, I guess. And it's like, there's no other cars. You could just like go in the other lane right behind James Woods. That was like one of the few times there was nobody else on the road. I think it was the only time the lanes were clear. Yeah, that shows, that shows the incredible stopping capability of the Porsche 911. But additionally, signals yeah, okay. they didn't have the budget to wreck it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, go, it goes from 120 to zero in two seconds, but the other way around, it's like two minutes because you got to like wind it up, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> it will not pass a bus or a garbage truck or it's, a railroad it's, crossing. It's actually Jeff's 911, it's his daily driver. Like, he's just like, no, we're not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did somebody yell cut? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so we get to like James Woods bar, I guess is like under construction. Uh call it the palace or whatever. And uh he's basically like, Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be my new uh my new legit thing, you know, uh getting out of the gambling and he's like, No, you're not, whatever. Hey, uh, I could offer you a job. Um, you know, if you want, you could be a celebrity, you know, bartender here and or be security or whatever. And I'm like, 
you know, celebrity bartender is not that bad, Jeff. Maybe, uh, right? Maybe, maybe that's the gig that ends up paying more and you don't have to do shady shit for James Woods. Just throwing that out there. I mean, I mean, even security, it's like, I mean, this kind of place, look, let's be real, it's going to be a cakewalk. <laughs> but, uh, but then said he's like, all right, well, I got a real job for you. Here, find this chick. She stole 50K from me. And like, who is it? Oh, it's uh, the owner of the L.A. Outlaw's daughter or whatever. I've been banging her for the past you know, year or whatever, and uh, she stole some money from me and I uh, can't seem to find her. Oh, wait, okay, she's the cool. one who stabbed me in the leg. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, it's all coming together. <laughs> and she also owns the dog, we find out later. That's true. Oh, it yeah, is her dog. That's right. <laughs> Sam the dog, yeah. And then apparently oh, is- James Woods has some dirt on Jeff Bridges, like some blackmail stuff that we never come to find out, or do yeah, we? we? Do. I, we do. I, yeah, what was it? It's that he threw he 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 told what's her oh name? the point shaving thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that he threw the game or whatever or was going to ah, throw the game. He did throw yeah. the game, I think. So uh, well, all right, we'll 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 get to that when we get to that. But because I had some questions about that too. <laughs> um. But yeah, so yeah, basically Jeff Bridges is like, okay, cool, I'll uh, I'll take your money and I'll find this chick. And, he, and he's like all indignant stuff about it. I'm like, this isn't how you get one up on James Woods. This is just, you casually take the money and then, I don't know, disappear if you want. <laughs> Go to Belize, I don't know. But uh, he goes to see the uh, the owner of the LA Outlaws, you know, the, the parents, basically, the mom and the stepdad. And he's basically like, hey, so uh, remember running to your daughter a couple months ago? Any idea where she's at? Might be hanging out? And the owner's instantly like, Jake sent you, didn't he? Uh, I'm not buying this bullshit. You can't bullshit a bullshitter. I don't a football team, for fuck's sake. Um, (laughs) And then she's basically like, you know, I'll pay you double if you can find her or just, you know, keep (laughs) take care of Jake, keep keep him busy so that, you know, she can live her life or whatever. Or she says something like, like, watch over her for us or something like that. And I'm like, uh, I mean, Jeff, consider the options, man. Like, (laughs) <laughs> right but uh but of course he's all digging like i'm not a fucking spy man <laughs> like kind of are like that's the whole point of what you're doing and then he's like uh, actually i'm just here to get like my old job back man like you can't just fire me because i have a broken arm yeah i'm like you know a receiver <laughs> i just want to play football man yeah i was yeah. trying to think i can't remember it's something ted knight right so i, I thought generic white guy stepdad football owner team could also have been played by Ted Knight. It's just like the casting call for this movie. Right? We already had these all-stars. Why wouldn't, why couldn't we bring him in for this? Ah, oh, the budget. That's uh, what it was. The yeah. Say maybe he was busy doing a murder. She wrote or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, they, they, there's some party for like, they're opening up some Canyon preserve or I, I don't know exactly what was going on here. Uh, it has a nice view of LA. That's all that matters. And so they're at this this uh, party where they're like fundraiser and some environmentalists crash in. We get, oh, politics are involved. Of course they are. It's L.A. with rich whites. We get it. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Move on. Um, so this was then- some white people ivory tower stuff going on here as we come to discover later. Like there was a quote that I wrote at one point where it, it basically they were saying, you know, we we've come up here to leave the city behind us. You yeah. know, and they're building these, these mansions looking down on all the plebeians in the city. Right. And I was like, what is this? I mean, this just reeks of 
you know, Gordon Gecko all over the place. I was like, this is this is awful. Like, <laughs> look, as someone who lives high up on a mountain overlooking the pores, I understand. <laughs> I. <laughs> So I'm, I'm I'm definitely not the poor's in this town. I'll throw that out there right now. What? <laughs> um, so what happens for me? Yeah. So yeah, there's like a whole thing where he like confronts his uh, lawyer again, uh, Saul Rubinek, and like tosses him into the band or whatever because he's like, "Oh, you you screwed me, man. You screwed me." Blah blah blah. Like, well, yeah, that's what lawyers do. Cool. So then he's off to Cozumel. He's he's walking I around like the. Este mujer. Yeah. Visto este mujer. Here we go again. The best part about this little montage of him asking that question is there's one point where he's like, he looks at the picture of, you know, Rachel Ward, like smiling at the camera, blah, blah, blah. And then looks at a woman who's like tits down, ass up, like sun tanning. And I'm like, are you identifying this woman based on her back to that picture? Well, she, it's the, it was the dark curly hair. He saw the dark curly hair because in the picture, her yeah, hair. yeah, dark curly hair in Mexico. You're not going to find that anywhere. I, I, I mean, I think, yeah. No, go but, ahead. Uh, what What was the show where there was like the the app that you could like photo the back of anybody's head and it would tell you what the the front of it looks like? Wasn't that like on Thirty Rock or some shit? I know the app that turns Dan into a woman. I've seen that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> go on <laughs> no but to your point i busted out laughing at this part because yeah. she's barking at him in spanish and i'm sitting there like again this is another point in the movie where I, i'm entertained i'm like i wasn't expecting a twist right it's like m night Shyamalan, and then i'm like wait i gotta translate what she's yelling at him <laughs> you know because she they they let that go for a while and i'm like it just became too fast and i was like whatever i mean basically you're like you're a pervert get out of here you're blah, blah, blah. what are you doing kind of thing and i'm like okay well you didn't need to overreact like that but i i, I thought that was funny it was a little bit of levity yep and then and then he peels off on a moat head after that or whatever and i'm like wait where's that thing from earlier ah it doesn't matter maybe maybe someone else is renting it now <laughs> Um, and yeah, there's a couple scenes where he's like getting a call from Jake and he's like, hello. Oh yeah. I haven't found her yet. Well, I wasn't expecting to find her in the yellow pages or anything, you know? Okay. Let me ask you a question about this. Okay. Okay. Who answers their phone sweaty with their shirt open glistening. And, and then did you notice the background music? It was, it was the acoustic version to (laughs) Phil Collins's. Against all odds, right? The, the name of the title of the of the movie yeah, itself. The, take a look at me now. Exactly. Yeah, it has yeah, two yeah. titles, right? Uh, but yeah, 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 even my wife pointed out, she's like, you hear that? That's the Genesis song. And I'm like, it is. And then it dawned on me. I was like, oh, wait, I wonder. Oh, shoot. You know that? Yeah, okay. And so it's that, not yeah, in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like Eric's never been to Mexico. Who picks up all sweaty with their shirt off? And Steve, every morning. Yeah. Yeah, but you play like romantic music and he's talking to James Woods. I mean, that talk about just (laughs) flatlining the scene. (laughs) Well, that's that's the other thing with this movie, like the music score or whatever. Like, yeah, there's like the acoustic version of a Phil Collins song, which is whatever. It's very 80s. I get it. Sorry, but fuck Phil Collins. (laughs) <laughs> all right 
Big, I mean, how do you really feel about phone I mean, he divorced now? his wife with a fax, right? Something ha, ha, like have you not forgiven him for uh, leaving Genesis or whatever? Or was that no, no, I haven't uh, forgiven him for uh, Tarzan? All, for all of Tarzan and all of Spirit Stallion and Cimarron. And I was a nanny. Uh, that was during... Brian Adams. I'm pretty sure it's Phil Collins. I, I don't he forgive was... him for being owned by Disney while the, during the time I when I was, uh, while I was a nanny, because that's all I heard. Mm. All right, well, yeah, fuck you, Phil. Anyway. <laughs> oh, why are you telling me to fuck off? No. So, because <laughs> he's Australian, right? Or was that just... <laughs> he's English. <laughs> or is he English? I don't know. <laughs> I'm try- trying to remember the South Park episode. <laughs> he was on the text and they were doing that. I don't know. It's funny you guys mentioned the Phil Collins because when Eric sent out the suggestion to watch this movie, I went on to attempt to find it before I realized I already had it on my Plex. And when I typed it in, the first thing that came up was the music video for the Phil Collins Against the Odds. And I was like, okay. So then I started looking into it a little bit. And because I knew when we needed the soundtrack for Tarzan and stuff like that, I was like, okay. I was like, because I thought that was something he did later in his career. But apparently he started doing music for movies earlier on. So that was a tip. Where, where, where have you guys been? Am I the only Genesis fan left on the planet? Like, yes. Uh, <laughs> er- er- Eric? Genesis was huge when I was two. <laughs> like like the sledgehammer video, I think I was three, and Peter Gabriel had already left. So I wanna be your sledgehammer. Anyway, so oh, I almost forgot. He did actually find the girl randomly, like at a, at a fucking market or whatever. That's right. She pulled off on the moped after he was like trying to flirt with her or something, and she's like, "Whatever, dude. Bye." I, I love the quote when he tries to pick her up, you know, just like casually, like trying to play Mr. Cool. And he's like, well, you know, there's not much to do around here. And she goes, you know, get off the island. The ferry leaves every morning. Yeah. Is what? Cozumel an island? No, Cozumel is a coastline. Oh. <laughs> the writing in this is just top notch. Yeah. And oh. then, then I, I did like uh, after this, uh, Jeff gives a call to uh james woods and he was like well it's not like i'm just gonna f- bump into her buying fruit or something <laughs> wink wink <laughs> nudge nudge yeah, yeah. i can see james woods the other end like that's oddly fucking specific <laughs> so at this point you know we're we're actually 30 some minutes into the movie we're like about 38 minutes into the movie at this point because i've made time stamps as i went along and i had to stop <laughs> again and do some research because as she's talking I turned to my wife and I said, where is she from? Like, what accent is this? What affect is she trying to put on? So Rachel Wood is from Cornwell, England, right? And she's trying to play an American. And just her American accent is not great. It's like, I don't know what she's doing in there. Like, well, she does sound rich. Yeah, yeah. she does. Yeah, she kind of sounds like a Kennedy. Where did you say in England, Eric? Cornwell. Okay, because the first time it didn't sound like that's what you said. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was like Quarrenwell. I'm like, yeah, I was like, what the fuck oh, is that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the English pronounce it different. It's like Edinburgh. Well, you know what I mean? Cornwall. Yeah, Cornwall yeah. or something like that. Anyway. <clears throat> or what? Uh, Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah so then uh the next day like she mentioned something about like taking the ferry or whatever so we see jeff bridges playing chess with a kid like just waiting for her to show up at the ferry 
and then he misses it. And then I guess he charters a boat to take him to the ruins of Tulum, which is now a major fucking uh, cruise port and stuff. I've right. been there. It's fantastic. They never mentioned a Jeff Bridges movie being shot there. And I was kind of disappointed about that. <laughs> but, but I was looking at those like, oh, yeah, I got pictures of all this shit. This is great. Been there. Yeah. And, and of course, Tulum and Cozumel beautiful like light blue beaches with the water and the really white sand and just just heaven on earth and so it's like okay cool the they they definitely got their location scout i hope you got a bonus for this one because so next time you go are you going to be the nerd standing there going did you know that they filmed the jeff bridges movie here? oh uh <laughs> only if the steam room is involved uh more on that later <laughs> Well, when Jeff Bridges was there waiting for her to come and catch the ferry, it actually wasn't chess he was playing with, it was checkers, and they were using beer caps. Oh, so that that's makes right. Sense. That's right. Yeah. Because I saw that and I was like, okay, I might have to start cleaning some beer caps since I've lost a bunch of checkers. <laughs> you see the see the kid pop a couple coronas or whatever, like <laughs> I got another bond here. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, she goes, she she's there like uh, with drawing or painting or whatever. And uh, Jeff Bridges walks up like, oh, so we run into each other again. And of course, she's like, all right, who fucking sent you? Was it my parents or was it Jake? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm just here trying to hit on a hot chick I saw once that just happens to be in Cozumel with me. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he starts playing like hard to get or whatever. And I'm like, if this fucking works, goddamn movies. Like, <laughs> Spoilers, it does. Because she just pops up in his hotel room later, knock at the door like like she's housekeeping. Tanya, uh, take it away. You look like you have something to say. How is it that he's there for like what a week? Have you seen this mujer? Have you seen this mujer? <laughs> and then like in like what an hour she finds him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's a good detective. There's a couple mean. other good detectives in this movie too. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so. The other thing, too, is he's broke as all get out. How He's got the money from James Woods, right? He gave him 10 mm-hmm. grand, and he said he would pay him another 20 when he got back. So he's he's already been on the island for like a week. And I know it's the 80s, so he probably paid The 80s like in Mexico. Yeah, so yeah. he paid yeah. 25 yeah, cents he, a day. He owns Cozumel now with 10 grand. <laughs> but the distance from L.A. to Cozumel in the eighties. Got to remember, we, you know, it's not Southwest airlines budget. Want to get away flight. It's 3,100 miles away. Yeah. And yeah. and it's just like, okay, yeah. whatever, you know, we're well, there in I two thought, minutes. I thought the other guy paid for that flight. There's, yeah, some, Jake, probably. there's some money transacting here that doesn't add up. <laughs> $13 million budget, Eric. Uh, so. <laughs> I mean, what, so, yeah, you then... want to watch him on the plane for like, X hours. Of course, yeah, yeah. forward. He, he, Eric wants to see him smoking on the airplane. Nobody cared to see his plane trip. Nobody cared to see him shirtless again either. But here we oh, go. Uh, I'm Eric. sorry. I'm sorry. Some of us are going to beg to differ. I mean, he had a six yeah. pack or an eight. You pack. know, on that note, I'm going to take my shirt off right now. <laughs> Wait, babe, be careful. We're out of gun butter. Oh well. Luckily, I got this Sierra Nevada Pale Ale I can just rub on my top body here. Oh, my top. (laughs) 
So well, anyway, that well, and she invites them over to his, her uh, her studio or whatever, which, by the way, must be fucking nice to have a studio directly on the beach where I think it's also a stop on Wait, the uh, carnival cruise. You mean the studio cruise. that no one knows where it is and you go down the road till you see the three beer cans dangling off a tree branch and then you make a right yep. and you keep going? <laughs> yeah, those directions are fucking insane. <laughs> she gave him a distance. She said 19 kilometers out of town to find yeah. out of town. <laughs> to find a couple beer caps or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, all right, then you take a ride at the tree with the yellow dog next to it, as is tradition. Yeah. No, it is VW thing. We get to see it yeah. finally. Woo! But all right, so Steve, you have to go and then you're gonna turn left at the cow. Not that cow, the other cow. But oh, sometimes gotcha. the cow is in the barn, so you just gotta be careful there. But you yeah. can make a left when you see the cow, not the first cow, the other cow. Um, and then you're gonna go until there's a tree. Now there's a lot of trees, but you want that tree. It's it's the one. Now, guys, my biggest thing with this studio, there's, like, no fucking doors. It's just, like, yep. two walls and, like, a bunch of art shit up. And it's I'm like, is there not monsoon season in Cozumel? No, like, she's been there. Or high tides? Or, she's I, I, I don't been there for, like, whatever, right? Like You you took issue with that? I yes. took I took issue with the medieval undergarments that she was wearing did you what was that was that a nightgown was that a smock did she just escape the Uh, mental hospital like what was she wearing i'm sorry it's called a caftan and it's something that uh ladies of a certain age wear and also fat bitches like me Uh, so yeah she wanted to keep sand out of there yeah I mean, I don't know that she wore undergarments much in this movie, but when she shows up with that burlap sack. It's was... called a caftan. Burlap, sure. It's sort of like a muumuu, but with less stitching. It's terrible. Yeah. So, it was terrible. So then they start talking, and this is where the movie starts becoming super drama. She's talking about like, oh yeah, Jake was a fling. I was just basically banging him to get back at my parents. Also, my brother killed himself. I'm like, my God, I'm getting so rock hard at this passion. Like, I cannot, I cannot concentrate. Blood is rushing elsewhere. Babe, it's a sob story, so she's going to get a blowjob. Yeah. There was so much awkward. No, no, she was giving the sob story, so she's getting the blowjob. Yeah, she's getting yeah, a blowjob. Okay. That's what I said. She's getting a blowjob. That explains why Jeff Bridges is like, so I got to go, you know, as a sane man would do. And she's like, but why? Why? Why'd you fucking come here if we weren't going to fuck? You know, basically. Oh, and, and I'm like, good it, point. And then it just got super awkward. T- take it away, because my next note is kissing like horses eating an apple. You just read my mind. Tanya's <laughs> <laughs> falling out of her chair. because It was so bad. Like, I don't know. I expected it to be, you know, typical 80s, kind of sensual, just romantic scene. Saxophone. Yeah, some Kenny G, you know. None of that. I mean, your analogy is 100% correct. These and then horses are like, out to pasture. And then it's a montage of them, like, diving down into the ocean to, I don't know, look for fucking pearls and drowned. Mm-hmm. And and then just a lot of like licking and again back to the the horse kisses and then dancing and then and then having the world's worst wet t-shirt contest when they just kind of like leave the dance party to go take a dip in the water and, ran and then the, like ran the butt oh. cheeks. I mean it was everything yeah butt cheeks mm-hmm. it was everything you didn't, didn't want in a sex scene it was terrible like oh my god I saw more of Jeff Bridges' tongue than I think I ever need to see in my life. 
Oh, <laughs> so gross. And and then when the montage is over, it's like, man, it's been a great two weeks. And I'm like, really? Okay, here we go. That and blew this is... my mind. That blew my mind. Like I can't. I literally said to myself, and I wrote it on my notepad. And I said, "How long has he been there?" And they that exact next note. It's like it was a wonderful two weeks. I'm like, oh, yep. what? <laughs> and then this is where uh, you know, I, I I guess Jeff Bridges just nutted, and so he has to like spill his deepest darkest secret to this woman, where he's like. So, yeah, there was this time where, like, the point spread in the football game was four points and the ball was coming my way and I wanted to get a touchdown, but I was, like, running math in my head. So I, like, dropped the pet. What? No, it sounded like he, he like, it. caught it and then, he like, threw it. it out of bounds or something. No, he caught it and he ran and he made it to the five-yard line, he said, and then he got tackled and he fumbled the ball. It had just yeah. let okay. it go. And then he was like, if somebody else on the team would have done that, you would be like finding me in jail or whatever he said. I don't even know. Yeah. God. Yeah. It, it was like, by the end of the story, like, like he's like damn near crying and everything. I just wanted her to be like, that's the stupidest fucking story I've heard in my life. Do you, did I tell you my brother killed himself and no, I've been banging James said? Woods for the last year? You know, what and that's the best you've got. Okay. And you know what she says instead? She goes, I wish I'd seen you play football. Yeah. <laughs> it was I'm totally like, a, oh. like, I wasn't paying attention, but you know what? I'm sure you're good at what you do. This was the worst pillow talk in a movie ever. Her mother owns a team. How did she never watch a single game? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you watch do you watch the games uh your your mom owns? What? Yeah. So, so so the equivalent of this is like eric if you're like you know having that moment of post-net clarity and you're talking about the time you were you and your uncle were like working on a car but then the jack gave way and crushed your uncle under it and your your wife's response was something like oh man i would have been a great ride in that car along the coast oh i wish i could have ridden with you in the car yeah right i mean (laughs) ew the whole thing was just forced from beginning to end it was awful you know we talked about in corvette summer how there was no chemistry between mark hamill and annie potts this Mm -hmm. was a thousand times worse like they had zero (laughs) on-screen chemistry she legit looks like she just has disdain for jeff bridges everyone i don't get disdain for literally everyone in the world she has disdain for living yeah and i'm like 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 look she must have a golden pussy or something because i i don't know man she's skinny and pretty so so that's all you need. Folks, big in the eighties. There's Look, a lot of skinny girls. I'm chubby and not pretty. Trust me, she's skinny and pretty. She gets everything she wants. There was a oh. lot of coke in this movie too. Did you notice that? Coca Cola. Yeah, that Coca-Cola. kind. Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll get to it. anyway. Dan, you had something. Go for the Mark Hamill Annie Potts thing. At least there, she was trying to be you know a lady of the road or you know prostitute. So I, that alone would create you know. A little bit of a gap between it's not like going to be intimate although they did try to play it that way but that is more believable than this movie where oh, they yeah. like well oh, yeah well yeah well this is why you don't give hoes all the money yeah well we because if even... they have all the money then they become this person as opposed to any bots we we haven't even crescendo. that's what we're talking about right is that what... yeah yeah well we haven't even <laughs> cres- crescendoed yet on this thing so let's just keep uh, going yeah yeah so <laughs> 
So yeah, and, and then she also casually went like, oh, I'd love to watch you play. By the way, I didn't steal that money from Jake. And he's instantly like, wait, what? We should run off together. What? No, 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 no. She didn't say, he brought, he's, she he, she said, uh, my mom cut off the trust fund. I'm out of money. I have to go home. And he was like, what about the money from Jake? And then she was like, I never took any of the money from Jake. Why would I take money from if I was trying to get out from under him? And then he was like, oh, well, I have money from Jake. Should yeah. we just run off together? Yeah, he'll just forget <laughs> about that shit. Cut to like 10 days later after he's like tried to throw Jake off his trail by, I assume, just racking up uh, airline miles to Mexico City and a yeah, couple he, other cities. He knew somebody was on his trail. So he was, yeah, just flying around to like million different cities and she was really bored in a small town so her life is the worst yeah 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 Ooh. and uh yeah so this when they're like at the again the the mayan ruins there at uh, tulum or whatever and chichen, they're like chichen itza right that's where she wanted to go oh yeah 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 yeah. chichen itza that's right that's the one with the uh the, the pyramids uh, and stuff yeah, yeah and she and was so... like "Ugh, everything here is absolutely the worst just absolutely fucking terrible you'll see when you get here and then she takes him to like absolutely stunning places yeah and they they see the hieroglyphs about like the the way mayans used to play football basically where he's like oh look they even have like uh chin straps and stuff and like yeah but if you lost you got executed and if you won you sometimes got executed like and if you bet on the game you might have gotten executed yeah (laughs) yeah so and if I'm, you call the referee a, a, a racial epithet, you were beheaded. And it's like, you know, maybe not too bad. High ally was a brutal sport. That's all I'm going to say, right? But it was kind of cool that they Wait, drew was that high yeah, I thought that was, was the one with the, uh, I don't know, the, the big scoop pan things or yeah, whatever. That, that was a high ally court. I mean, that's what the, the Mayans played, right? That was their sport. And that's what oh. she was talking about. For some reason, so, I thought that was like Middle Eastern for some reason. But anyway, no, no, no. And it was cool that they were making that parallel to modern football and rugby to high even though it shares some properties with like lacrosse and all that. But that, that was a fun for me as a history nerd. I was like, this is cool. I've also seen this on Ancient Aliens. So we're all good now. <laughs> but the Look, random- just because white people didn't do it doesn't mean it's aliens. <laughs> Chupa, chupacabra that's all i'm gonna say right but look i have solved the chupacabra just look up a sloth skeleton well speaking of looking up what about that upskirt as she's coming down <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who, who filmed who is the key grip on this scene in particular i was like what are we doing now uh looking it up looks like it was bow bridges interesting <laughs> But uh, um, yeah, yeah. So also around this time, she's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I did steal Jake's money. It's in Mexico City, by the way." And I'm like, "Run, Jeff! Run fucking now! Go back to LA, become a celebrity bartender. You're please. you're a goddamn fool." And instead, he's like, "You know, I love you, right?" But it like does it in the creepiest, most alpha way possible, where he's like, "I can never live without you. You're mine now. We can't be apart." And I'm like, "What the fuck is happening with this movie, Tanya? Please explain." Uh, twist <laughs> movie got a movie. I don't know. <laughs> you remember earlier, I made notes like, What do you mean about Jake's money? And then the, the movie sort of answers it as I'm thinking about mm-hmm. these questions. I literally wrote down and I put a star and I said, How is this an R rated movie? <laughs> uh, here we go, Eric. It's funny you should ask because then. Jeff Bridges, I think, said something like, uh, hey, so I hear there's like a sweat house in this place. 
cut to them bare ass fucking in these ancient ruins in what is like an ancient Mayan spa. Yeah. So the only the first thing I thought of was like that is not something you do unless you want to incur the wrath of like the Incans and the Mayans. Yes, like, the chupacabra upon you. You imagine the Montezuma's revenge she's gonna get. See, my thought was the fact that there were other tourists there, and yes, because a place like I would be all quiet, so they'd be in there going to town, so the echoing would just amplify out. It was completely empty, the whole place. It was like the whole damn place, and I'm like, kind of like temple is this where there's nobody else? Yeah, the cruise ship hasn't pulled up like it's a random Tuesday or something. Like, no, there's people there. There's park rangers there. Like, like someone walking in, like. Hey, put your fucking clothes on and get out of our sweat lodge. <laughs> right? Like, these are these are ancient ruins. They're not. And, and you're gonna it, get all of the diseases. And then it became this weird montage of Incan carvings and body placement and crying and yeah. just I didn't know yeah. if they were playing Twister or searching for gold. Like, look, what the hell was happening? Look, look. <laughs> It, the ancient Mayan ruin equivalent of rug burn in your beehole. That's why she's crying. Oh, and the, don't even mention the spiders, scorpions. Oh, yeah, and spiders snakes. and snakes and shit. There are snakes and, in her butt. Ugh, bottle caps from see, past tourists. Steve asked me if I wanted to fuck in an ruin. By the way, with my mother watching the movie with us. That's right. And I said no because I don't want snakes in any of our butts. And my mom agreed that neither of us have snakes in butts. So, so. Uh, you know, I we we've been talking about the budget of this film for quite a bit now, and I understand where it all went in this scene. How much Johnson and Johnson baby oil did they use? Like I've never seen people so shiny in my life. Like, so you've never seen a Fast and Furious movie? Yes, hey. <laughs> Eric's never been to Mexico during the summer. <laughs> no, but you can buy gun butter by the barrel. Yeah. I mean, so, it was just wow. I mean, and the they were bronze. I mean, they might as well have been statues. It was just unreal. No, there were statues there, Eric, and they weren't covered in gun butter. Well, <sighs> except the ones they were fucking on. I guess. You know, but, yeah. they were more convincing than these two were in terms of their yeah. their chemistry. Again, it was it was even more awkward than the previous love scenes. It was it was. Oh, the body placements alone. I was like, is this a Pilates class? Like, what are you guys doing? This is to show off their youthful, flexible, taunt yeah. bodies. I mean, yeah. Jeff Bridges look good. I'm not going to say yeah. that. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. In the midst of all this, then the coach. Oh, up. my God. Yeah. <laughs> the assistant coach Sully shows up ah. randomly. And I'm like, uh, hello. Welcome back. About it. And it's like, 
you're in a public touristy place and you're amazed someone pops their head in hearing y'all boning. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, was... Sully, what are you doing here? I'm on a cruise. Right? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here banging well, in the ancient ruins of Chichen Itza? Well, the best <laughs> part is he's like, well, you weren't hard to find. I'm like, this is the 80s, man. How are you tracking this guy? Like, <laughs> by what way? By what magic? By, are you by phone calls traveler? from Cozumel. <laughs> It's yeah, not that hard. <laughs> yeah, that so then, then he's like, yeah, Jake sent me, and then pulls a fucking gun out, and he's like, whoa, 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 wait. Let's hold it. Let's talk about this. Like, what does he have on you? Like, enough. <laughs> and that's all it takes. And then there's a fight. Ah, bah, 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 this fight. And there's a ledge. Oh, no, Jeff Bridges is going to get thrown over the ledge, and we're only an hour into this movie. No. Um, yeah, 62 minutes at this point. And then Sully like kind of tosses him to the side and uh, Jeff Bridges like hits his head or whatever. And then the coach starts like, Hey, Hey Terry, you okay? I'm like, wait, did he have a change of heart or something? Like, like, Hey, it's okay. I'm I'm sorry, man. Look, let's get you to hospital. You're going to be just fine. But then uh, what's her nuts? The girl or Jessica. That's right. That's her name in this movie. She grabs the gun. That's like on the floor. And he's like, bitch, stop, get help. Give me that gun. Pow. Roll credits, guys. What do we think? No, there's more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're at the halfway point of this travesty. And one yeah. an, another quote, I wrote it down because you know he's there consoling Sully and Sully, it's gonna be okay. Maybe I'll stop the bleeding as he <laughs> just tries to compress the bullet hole that's right at his heart. I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. He said maybe. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. No. And then uh yeah, uh, Jessica's like, Yeah, I don't need this shit, and fucking runs. <laughs> And Jeff Bridges is like, well, where are you going? I thought we were going to like love this okay. Or I don't know what the fuck. Uh, so then he ends up carrying Sully's corpse through the ruins of Chichen Itza to nope. another stop on the tour. And yeah. nobody noticed. Nobody noticed yeah. a guy carrying another guy. Well, there was nobody around. So of course they didn't. Yeah. I don't care if it's monsoon season. Someone saw them. But yeah. But you guys, and- did, you guys didn't see the kids playing in the highlight field do you when think they were... any of them are gonna say anything and the whole beginning of the movie just to go back where he's like have you seen this woman after the first person he asked out he asked i was like none of these mfers are gonna say they've seen this woman yeah. gringo get the hell out <laughs> yeah get out of here gringo emigra, emigra. you know <laughs> terrible uh... So yeah. then, uh, yes, he, yeah, he dumps his body into one of those, uh, what are they called, the, the cenotes or whatever? A lagoon? Cenotes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just another beautiful fucking spot on the tour. And like, yeah, he's tied to a rock. He'll be fine. They'll never find him. Uh, then what happens from here? Oh, yeah, she went back to his hotel room, stole all of his fucking money and flew off. You would think that would be roll credits, right? Yeah. No, nope. we cut to him being back in LA. Like, uh, what, what did we find out? It was like two months later or some shit like that. And uh, basically, he walks up to James Woods and like, "Hey, I quit. I'm not looking for her anymore." And she's James Woods is like, "What? What are you? What the fuck are you talking about? You you think I don't know what's going? On? Like, like he basically implies like I know what's going on. You know, blah blah blah. Uh, but hey." I got another job for you so you can play football again. I still got the hooks. We're still friends, whatever. He's like, no, man, we're not friends, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Jessica, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> I've been looking for you for months. And she's like, I- I've been here. <laughs> uh, Unreal. Yep. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, we're going to miss Sully. Hey, you want to watch a game? 
<laughs> I don't know. It's like this whole the whole rest of this movie, I'm like, just just fucking leave, dude. Just in <laughs> no. uh, yeah. Nope. Um so what happens from here? I, I we don't go know. to Jake's it, palace. It's open now. It's complete. Yeah, yeah. So we go to Jake's palace. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's like, yeah, come on by the club tonight. You know, whatever. I'll put you on the list or whatever. And so yeah, that night, um, yeah, he shows up and he's still like, like talking to James Woods, like I, I don't work for you. I just came here for the free booze or something. And he says, I, I gotta get. He says, I gotta get your stink off of me. I was like, yeah. that's that's a good quote. I like that. It's a good one. Yeah, it's so a, why'd you come to his place? Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then he sits down next to a girl, and I'm like, is that Christy Swanson? Or Elizabeth Shue? Like, it's definitely, like, Steve. Steve's interested in this girl. So I looked it up. Uh, her name is Tamara Stafford. <laughs> she starred in three movies. <laughs> this, The Hills Have Eyes 2, and Riptide. And then called it a career, I guess. She's literally credited as Kirsch's girlfriend. Yeah, yes. Uh, Saul Rubinek's girlfriend or whatever in this movie. Yeah. And the way they did her hair, I thought at first it was Edie and they had like redone her hair, kind of lightened her up because they have a, almost a similar face. And then yeah. I realized it was a different girl. And I'm like, okay, well, never mind. That kind of breaks the illusion. Yeah. But then, guys, we talked oh. about it before. The oh, music God. in this movie. Oh, we get an incredible God. music performance from Sir Phil Cut. Oh, no, but I'm sorry. Kid Creole and the Coconuts, whoever the fuck that is. So, so I had to stop because I was like, wait a second. I was like, is this kind of like interesting, this like first part of it? And I was like, is this real? So Kid Creole and the Coconuts are, in fact, a very real group. Oh, yeah. Except the Coconuts apparently have been rotating since <laughs> those first three that are in the movie were the original three Coconuts. And they they left at some point when I guess the first album was not a big success. So go figure. <laughs> and then he's had a rotating cast of coconuts since then. Well, you get you got to keep them fresh. You do. Well, you know, I don't even know where to start with this. Should I, Izzy? Do you want to talk about their unshaven armpits, or do we want to talk about <laughs> the fact that he looks like DeBarge had a baby with Big Big Bad Voodoo Daddy? Oh, oh. I, I was thinking oh. of serious Lou Bega vibes. Yeah, I mean, look, people can shave whether they want or not. I'm not here to judge. It's a, uh, it's a stylistic choice. As a dancer, yeah, all three of them. Like, is that a is that a yeah. uniform requirement to not shave your pits? Maybe, no, no, maybe no, they're but, like a pit merkins yeah, or hey, something. Hey, think of, think about it. Think about it. Coconuts are hair. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) That's how you know the coconut is ripe, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Here's the thing. At least you know they're at least you know they're of age. Exactly. You know they're old enough to grow hair. You don't want no bald coconut, bald green coconut or whatever the hell. And Eric's gone. All right. So then uh... Eric, we broke him. <laughs> this might have been better than the baseball bat with the forehead running around in a circle. Nobody wants a prepubescent coconut, okay? <laughs> They're a little bitter, am I right? <laughs> Oh, well, oh, you know, wow. you'll get arrested for harvesting them. Oh, that too. <laughs> so, 
So speaking of getting arrested for harvesting underage things, James Woods has a job offer for... No, anyway. Uh, yeah, James Woods had an offer for um, uh, Jeff Bridges. He's basically like, hey, so, uh, you know, uh, Sully, he, he he came to me because him and uh, Kirsch or whatever were uh, trying to sell me out on some betting shit and fixing games and blah, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, uh, basically, I need you to kill, go get some files on Kirsch because he has dirt on like everybody. But if you get these files, then we're squared. You'll never have to talk to me again. You get your stink off or whatever the hell you keep saying. You get still showing up my club um okay cool i can do that so then he i I don't know he confronts kirsch in the bathroom in the bathroom yes yeah and i've just said oh the 80s because he's doing coke in i was like man this is like the third time this has happened in this movie too i mean it's like what a trope right i'm like okay fine but then there's that awful scene that kind of comes next between uh, Jeff Bridges and Rachel Ward, where they mm-hmm. it's that awkward sexual tension that borderlines on sexual assault. It was uh, borderlines, you say it was cringy <laughs> as she. Oh, no, he 100 percent sexually assaults her. But it turns out she's into the rough, rough trade. So, yeah, but rip, rip my rip my yeah. effing shirt off. Rip yeah. my shirt off. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's he's going full like Mel Gibson in a South Park episode, like ah, oh, twist my nipples, ah, oh, you'll never torture me, ah, as he's like I don't know, putting himself in a fucking Iron Maiden. No, oh. yeah, he's like tearing his shirt off, and she's she's like screaming like for the cops, like ah, <laughs> and then like they start crying, and I'm like, oh man, I'm so fucking hard right now. <laughs> With the writing at this point, I'm like, did did they just forget? Did they lose the plot entirely? Like, what is the point what of this? What? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. So then, like the next morning, James Woods and uh, Jessica they're chatting on the beach, and uh, I, I I don't know. Basically, she's like, "Look, I'm not going to leave." He's like, "Look, I, you're you're not going to get away from me. I'm going to leave you forever." Nah, you know, whatever creepy bullshit. Yeah, and James Wood says, you ruined my life, and I'm not going to lose you. And I'm like, what? Like, again, the writing, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It's just all, is he on cocaine too? Probably, because none of this jives at all. There's there's some really weird transitions at this point in the movie. Once we kind of hit that (laughs) Jake's Palace to the next part of this, when we're in the building, and now it's turned into sneakers. Yeah, so it's Sunday night. And uh, Jeff Bridges has the keys to Steve's office, Steve Kirscher or whatever. And uh, yeah, well, first off, he starts off by running fucking laps, of course, because, you know, you want to get good and sweaty before you're about to do a and e And uh, so he goes to Kirsch's office and he's like looking through, breaks into a little thing, finds a bunch of files, but pulls out one that says, fuck you, Terry. That was so funny. I was. <laughs> and I'm like, just leave. Just fucking leave. Wipe everything down that you've touched. Just fucking leave. Nope. Instead, he's like, I gotta go take a shit or something. Goes into the bathroom and uh, catches Kirsch in the shower. He's dead. Dead, dead, dead. I was I was hoping to see a little Saul Rubinak, you know, taking a shower. Like, oh, what are you doing here? Slip oh. hit his head, you know. Awkward. Awkward Benny Hill kind of death or something, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. No, he's just dead. And then uh, Johnny on the spot security guard pops up and he's like, surprise, motherfucker. Guess what? Kirsch, I owe Kirsch some money or uh, I owe James Wood some money, too. And then, you know, uh, Jeff Bridges, like, shuts the doors and, like, gets the gun from him and I guess knocks him out. 
but doesn't kill him. I don't know. He's just never heard from again, even yeah. when uh, yeah. Jeff Bridges apparently hides Kirsch's body or whatever. And also, okay. So they transition from that scene where like knocked out the security guard and he's like trying to move Kirsch's body to him pulling up uh, at the ginger man or whatever in the car. And I'm like, are those bodies in the trunk of that Porsche? <laughs> this is going to get really fun really quick. Right? The, but no, you, I, you know, I, the, I, frunk, the frunk of a 911 was designed to take a full set of golf clubs. So if you fold a human the right way, it should fit in the trunk. Two humans, Eric. <laughs> a Saul Rubinek and a security guard. He'll just carry him on his shoulders because nobody will notice in this movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> he'll notice him watching walking through the ginger man and hitting on Edie or whatever. Yeah. So so he goes to see Edie, uh, who's Kirsch's secretary or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's gonna like establish an alibi and you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I've seen murder she wrote. I know how this stuff happens. Nope. Instead, he's like, okay, so I got some bodies in the trunk. Kirsch is dead. I need you to break into his office and find these files. Otherwise, you know, I'm gonna be in super duper trouble. And she's so fucking drunk at this point. She's like, wait, what? Kirsch is dead? What what are you what are you saying? I I gotta get some coffee or something. Like, no, no, no time. I need you to like. I need like, you to like find tell me where his yeah. secret stash is. The secret stash, the treasure chest, she called it. I was like, what is happening yeah. now? We've got a treasure chest. We're on a hunt. And, and then Jeff Bridges is totally like gaslighting her, like, oh, you know what? They'll 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 kill you too. Yeah, when, when, once this all breaks, they'll kill you too. And I'm like, no, they won't. They don't give a fuck about the secretary. Nope. I don't understand his logic back when he's still back at the office. Why does he pick up a dead body he hadn't touched? Because then yeah. his it's like why yes should just ran. For, movie got a movie yeah. Well, as soon as you see the the piece of paper that says "fuck you, Terry," you start dusting shit off and you yeah, fucking he leave. Gloves. He was wearing gloves. So that, he was, was wearing fun. gloves. Oh, oh, okay. If you're okay, cool. Then you're done. You know what you do? You Go do. to the ginger man. Establish your alibi with Edie. Fuck her brains out. And then guess what? You wake up the next morning, you're not a suspect. Yeah, yeah. And, and, to, your, and to your point, maybe Steve, Edie's pretty sweet. I don't know. I mean, to your point, Steve, this is like the hundredth time in this movie where it's like, Jeff, Jeff, are you listening? Earth to Jeff, leave. <laughs> Go do something else. Like, stop. Nope, he just keeps sending it. Here, scene after scene. Jeff, you're acting like a Baldwin right now. I need you to act like a Bridges, okay? <laughs> I need you to just be cool, dude. You don't need to use live ammo. Okay, so the what happens from here? We go okay, back so to Nakatobi they, Tower. That's they go, go back to the fucking office because Edie's got to go in and like get the stash and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And this is where we're introduced to star of the movie, Ted White, as security guard with dog. And he's just, you know, the coolest motherfucker around. Like, I don't know what it is about this guy. Like, like he'd be cool to have a beer with. I assume because he's a stuntman. So the Doberman's sitting there over Edie's shoulder, just like, yeah. rah, 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 rah. She's like, she's like, your dog bothers me. And I love how he delivers it just so deadpan. He's like, he's supposed to. I'm yeah, like, Damn. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this motherfucker gets it. Right. <laughs> but then, uh, eventually, you know, she's like, no, Jake told me to get here and get this stuff before the cops start showing up and blah, blah, blah. Ring, ring, ring. Who is it? Security guy picks up. Oh, hey, Jake. Yeah, yeah, we're almost done. The girl's here <laughs> getting all the stuff you wanted. 
you know, the papers that blah, blah, blah. And she like fucking runs off. Yeah. Or she like pulls the phone cord out of the wall or whatever and starts running. He's like, hey, get your ass back here. And then Jeff Bridges comes out of left field and like starts fighting them. And but he enters uh, like Hans Gruber, man. He like <laughs> slick back hair and the leather jacket yeah. and everything. I'm like, oh man, here we go. Yeah, and then, that, uh, yeah, they, they tussle a bit. And then Edie ends up taking like a tussle, letter opener. Tussle, tussle. He, he punt kicks him in the balls, like field I mean, goal right between the legs. I mean, that yeah, was people tussle differently. Right? Do it. <laughs> so you yeah, Edie grabs this, this, uh, letter opener and stabs a security guard's hand, like into the door of the bathroom or whatever. And he's like, ah, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then, yeah, so they yeah, they run with the secret stash of papers or whatever, and then um, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck happened? I think what happens next from here is uh, Jessica so, goes to talk to her mom. Yes, and enter but, another and enter another car into the equation. One of Tanya's favorites. Did you see it? No. Uh, you know what? I'm drawing a blank. It was a it was a gold SL convertible Mercedes. Oh. Like Magnum, like uh, Rick drove a Magnum. Maybe I wasn't watching that part. Uh, Again, this is me picking out cars. (laughs) I may have fallen asleep while my meal was being served to me. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, generic white guy number one drives a Jag and Tommy drives a C4 Corvette. So I made a list of all the cars. (laughs) (laughs) As is tradition, as it should be for your podcast. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so, so yeah, Jessica goes to see her mom and her mom's like, well, it's good to see you're in good health, whatever. And Jessica's instantly like, let me talk to my stepdad. I'm like, why didn't you just ask for him? <laughs> like, have one of the the guys handing out drinks or whatever. Like, hey, can you go tap Ben on the shoulder and tell him his stepdaughter is outside here? You know. But anyway, so then we we had the Ben, the stepdad, and she's basically like, look, Jake is doing some seedy shit. You know, blah blah blah. You like, he's got all all this stuff. He's he's making people do horrible stuff. He's he's gonna blow up everything. And this is where. The, the, Oh, this go, is go where ahead. this is where it sort of turns into get shorty mm-hmm. because they're like Jeff, you know, Terry, you know, whatever his name is, Jeff Bridges, he's got the goods, man. We got to get him because he's got the treasure chest, right? And it's like, okay. And I was hoping for another car chase scene at this point to maybe of course, break, break it up a little bit, but no. Now instead, uh, we uh get Ben going to see Jake at his place, and he's basically like, uh like, oh, yeah, so he's got all the goods on everybody. And, uh, you know, we, we got to get this taken care of. Uh, oh, oh, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We go see him. And um, uh, what's her name? Jessica has basically told him everything and basically screwed Jake over. And Jake's like, look, look, you dumbass. I work for him. I work for your stepdad. He's the one running shit and gets like 75% of the take on everything. Like, you basically killed me and i'm like yeah that's exactly what she wanted to do <laughs> like but she's like what no i was just trying to get some help and i'm like she might be smart or she might just be naive i don't know uh, at this point i'm like whatever i don't care for her no. so then uh that's when jeff bridges calls up ben he's basically like look i got all this stuff i don't want to fuck fuck up your spot i just want you to take care of jake because i hate that fucker <laughs> and ben's like yeah we could totally do that like well, where where do you want to do this exchange? How about the top of Weiler Canyon or what? You know the the scene from earlier, like uh, sh- sure, whatever. <laughs> Why not? So then we go to Weiler Canyon. 
you know, high atop the Mulholland View shelf overlooking LA <laughs> or whatever. And uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, Jake ends up grabbing a gun from Tommy because Tommy's there too, because Tommy's like Ben's right hand man or Jake's right hand man or was Jake's, but now Ben's because Ben's going to kill Jake, whatever. Well, yeah. Not only, not only that, it becomes a super awkward Mexican standoff where Jeff Bridges isn't even in the scene and he's talking yeah. to them from behind the trees. Mm. And there's that terrible, annoying electric guitar the whole time. And yes. I was like, what is, oh, it was a very bad cinematic altogether. The optics of the whole thing. I was like, why did you guys choose to do it this way? You know, and it wasn't even that like classic mobster scene where you've got an old Lincoln with some shoddy headlights and somebody standing in the fog and it's the meeting of the mobsters and you know somebody's going to get shot. No, it's Jeff Bridges sitting in a director's chair with a bullhorn off to the side. Like I was like, what is this? Yeah, so we see him like running around and Tommy goes to get him. But then I don't know, he sneaks up on Tommy and gets the gun from him and Jake's like, fuck this, grabs Jessica, puts the gun to her head, and is like, who can play this game, fucker? Just give me the stuff. And there's like a whole standoff. And uh, of course, Chef Bridge is like, no, you know, try me. And James Wood's like, fuck you, I got nothing to lose. Push me. I dare you. I double dare you. And then Jessica, because she's Jessica in this movie, is like, no, don't do it. I love him. I'm like, you're not helping. You're not helping anyone right now. <laughs> So then, uh, yeah, you know, pop, 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 pop. Jessica ended up shooting Jake in the little tussle. That's two she shot in this movie. Yep. But uh, of course, Ben's like, yeah, don't worry. It's my stepdaughter. I'll uh, take care of it. Goodbye, Jeff Bridges. As he, I I literally wrote down, old white guy's going to do what old white guy is going to do like he's going to clean up the mess he's got he's got people on speed dial he's going to take care of business like don't worry about it guys. he's like all right i'm going to call up kirsch in the morning we'll get this all cleared up like actually hold on just a sec and you maybe you didn't get the memo um like it's not quite monday morning you're gonna find out real quick uh so then so then we cut to six months later where i guess the canyon has been opened i don't know oh go ahead Real quick, see, before you get to that point, when she shot <laughs> James Woods, then she like goes to like console him laying there on the ground. It's like, what the hell is this about? This bitch is evil. That's what this is about. She <laughs> is mental. Yeah. Against uh, all odds, she's still alive. That's that's the way I look at this movie. All right. So yeah, then we cut to six months later. They're opening up the canyon, whatever that means. Um I, this I, is are they building houses up there? Like what? What are they doing? And this is where the quote from Mrs. Weiler comes in that I mentioned before. She says, it is sanctuary from the crime and crowding from the city below. Mm -hmm. Those are her exact words. And I'm like, well, ain't that just a turn of events, right? She says it in the blood puddle still left by James Woods from six months ago. She's basically standing, yeah, where he was shot. And I was like, wow, okay. And of course, uh, you know, Jeff Bridges is there and uh, I don't know. So Ben's like talking to him. He's like, ah. Ben, Ben's like, I'm going to go talk to this fucker. I'm like, yeah, I heard you got some tryouts for some other teams. Yeah, I'm going to be playing for the Dolphins next <laughs> next year. I'm like, the fuck you are, dude. I don't care. Lease is out. <laughs> right. And then and he's like, yeah, I think I got a couple more years and I'll quit on my own terms. 
and like, cool. Well, you're out of uh, Jessica's life. And he's like, I don't know, man, you can't protect her forever. Cue the Phil Collins music and then roll credits for like oh, five minutes of, of her. her just sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica just staring at the camera and sobbing and I was, uh, like, I I was, getting, I was like, how long are they gonna let this roll oh. on? Dude, it, it I was, felt I felt like she was peering into my soul after a while. Like <laughs> it was creepy. And then when it hit finally hits freeze frame after like three minutes, I'm like, that's because immediately after she's like, do we have to take or not? Like, fuck, fuck, cut. You know? This reminded me of a less good version of the end of Runaway. Yeah, Runaway where uh, Tom Selleck and the girl are kissing for like seven full minutes of credits with like fireworks going off in the it's background. It's a welding. They have the welding yeah, sparks well, behind yeah. them. Yeah. But yeah, guys, that's uh, that's against all odds. How many Academy Awards do you think it won? None. <laughs> Negative three. They, Spoiler. They, they took Jeff Bridges' Academy Award away 30 <laughs> years later. And like, oh, I'm sorry, we still remember. <laughs> Never forget the Porsche 911. Uh, no, no, exactly, exactly. Beautiful well, car. One thing that we forgot to touch on that I thought was epic 80s is when Kirsch's secretary went to his office there and you were talking about how like the dog was over her shoulder and thing. But in order to get into the safe, like she turns the radio on, like hits like oh, yeah. different things, then turns the dial, and then it pops open a little door on the side. That was some James yeah. Bond shit right there. That was right. cool. So that, that was, that was cool. cool. <laughs> so, right. so, so, so would any of us recommend watching this movie? No. Unless you're Jeff Bridges' completionist. In which case, you've already seen it. Yeah. I mean... Um, I, I like the shots in Tulum, except for the, you know, the fucking in the ancient ruins, but, you know, that was... Oh, you mean especially the fucking in the ancient ruins? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, just Google that shit. Just look up the car chase. The car chase yeah, is car chase legit. Cool too. Yeah, yeah. This car isn't even, is like, the best of James Woods. Like, if he was allowed to go wild on this, it would have given it an extra star. But there were certain points where you were saying earlier, Izzy, how he's, like, a creep. There were certain parts where it really came out, but like you're saying, he didn't go full-fledged with it to where I think it would have made his character much more sinister. But there were certain parts where, like, little things he said and, like, looked, it was like, yeah, like, uh, he come across as a major creep. Yeah. Ta- Tanya, go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm saving mine. Go ahead. What was the question? Uh, oh, would would want, you recommend, recommend this movie? This? Or? Yeah. What is the other alternative? Not recommending this movie, I don't know, or recommending a better movie of similar bullshit. I don't know. I mean, is it like this or the stuntman? Oh, fuck yeah, stuntman's a great movie, yeah, because then I recommend this one. Yeah, actually, wow, really? Compared to the stuntman, yes, oh, really, I was waiting for this landmine to be tripped because the last time we got together, we talked about the stuntman, and then yeah, we got this one. I was a, I was so so. That's right. Stunt. You were all you were all wrong and hated it. I know. And Izzy corrected me, and it was all good. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. I, I love the ad. By the way, it was beautiful. But I actually really liked this movie, and I would watch it again because I think I missed some things. And it now knowing what I know about it, and there's a special extra. And when we get to the what did we learn, which I'll come full circle on this as to why I really enjoyed this movie and why I think I need to watch it again. That's what we call a tease, everybody. But hey, anybody interested in some fun facts about this movie? Yes, please. Oh, I don't know, Steve. Are they fun facts? Super fun facts because fun, fun facts. 
Oh, sorry, what was that, Dan? I said real quickly, basically what I heard Eric say is this is his trading paint. Yeah. Oh. I will watch it one more time, not nine more times like you did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think the critics thought of this movie? Like what percentage of them thought this was a good movie and recommend it? 12%. 12, all right. 42. All right. I was thinking maybe like 22, 23. Izzy? Do the critics think of this movie? They absolutely do. This is a big okay. release in 84. All right. All right. I am going to go with my super generous 17%. Ladies and gentlemen, Against All Odds is rated fresh at 64% with the critics. Oh, Eric, you win. I am the wrong <laughs> but one. But unfortunately, nobody gives a fuck about oh, the critics. Fuck those critics. What about the audience score? You know, I'm thinking it's probably pretty high too. I'm gonna, it's probably in the 60s as well. You're crazy. So here's the problem how many women watch this? Yeah, at least half. <laughs> half of all women, or half of all votes for women? At least not half of all, or votes at least women. just yeah. half of that's what women. I go with. That's some 70, solid science right there. 73 percent. 73. How about you, Dan? I'm gonna say like 38. Is he? I'm going to go with the funniest answer, 69. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dan, you win 45% with the audience, which makes sense to me. Yeah, that feels more uh, correct. 90% of chicks, am I right? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, mentioned earlier the budget, $13 million, worldwide gross, 21.7. I think the Phil Collins song made more money. That's a moneymaker. <laughs> That's good. Uh, with advertising, that, that I'd say that's a wash. Maybe. It's a wash, yeah. yeah. I mean, they but, got four bucks uh, for me out of voodoo, so I mean, to watch this thing. But guys, this movie is a remake. Yes, thank you. What? Of 1947's Out of the Past, a notable film noir starring Robert Mitchum, Kirk Douglas, and Jane Greer. Anybody notice her name in the credits when it started? She's yeah. Mrs. Weiler. Yep, she's the mom. Oh! But she was the, the daughter in the original, made a scant 37 years before. That's right. That uh, was my super fun little teaser there. I loved finding out that this was a remake because it proves that even 40 years ago, remakes sucked. But it also <laughs> it also allowed me to go back and start watching the original movie, which is available for free on HBO Max or Max or whatever they're calling it now. And I can see where they pulled some threads because a movie from the post-war movie from Mm -hmm. the 40s isn't going to have the same sort of, you know, these cliches and these tropes that we're used to in the 80s. But there are Kirk Douglas wasn't (laughs) wasn't raw dog and Jane Greer in the ancient ruins of I'm just going to say an Anasazi tribal site or something. (laughs) No, but there are Tucker. Yeah, Tucker. Yeah, exactly. But but no, there are those threads of the stolen money and the runaway girl and all these kinds of things. And so I haven't completely finished watching it yet, which again gives me incentive to watch the original and then go rewatch the remake with now a more discerning eye to see how close they did an approximation or as a reboot of the original. And so that gives me again that motivation to watch it at least one more time just to draw those parallels. 
or to come to the conclusion that it actually sucks more than you initially think right now. No, but we are due for a third <laughs> reboot. So let's guess what they'll call the next one. Oh, it'll be against all odds. Um, and it will star. Uh, I'm just going to throw out. Let's see who's 35. Uh, Nicholas Holt mm. in the Jeff Bridges role. Uh, God, who's our new James Woods? Oh, Army Hammer. Fucking oh, Army Hammer, Army dude. Hammer. Uh, Kevin Spacey is the stepdad. <laughs> uh, you know, Nicholas is Ca- Nicholas Cage is going to try to find his way into this movie. Oh, shit. Nicholas Cage oh. is Jake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Either that or he's Sully. He's well, randomly pops up at, I don't know, the. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like ancient ruins they can defile. Um, for some reason, the, you know, the uh, they're fucking on top of the terracotta warriors in Xi'an and the People's Republic <laughs> of China. And then Nicolas Cage pops up and is like, And you remember, there's the like oldest like human burial mounds in the like all of North America are used for like tailgate parties for some college. Oh, shit. But the most important part in our recasting of this film of the same name for the third time is can we get Kid Creole and the unshaven coconuts back on stage for a reprisal? Yeah, played by Lou Bega and uh, <laughs> Mambo some, number five. Some, some no. unshaven French chicks. Yeah, he doesn't have to be played by anyone. He's still alive. What? Yes. But, but he's no longer a kid, so he's like Granddaddy Creole or something like that, right? I guess. I don't know. August Darnell, he's still alive. So I didn't notice that the first time watching it. And just for the purpose of doing this time, I had it playing in the background muted while we were going over this. See, this is what he does. Yeah, it's just yeah. like trading paint. No. <laughs> so, like, I did it so I could see the things like, like we said, they had armpit hair. I didn't notice that when I watched it. But then when you said it, I looked up at the screen, I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, dude, yeah they like shimmer in the light, too. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like bleached. Yeah. Like tentacles, man. Yeah. The funny thing is, later. Yeah, I zoomed in on them. How'd you miss it? Later in Zoom it in hands. Later in the scene, it looked like they were clean shaven. <laughs> Here you go, babe. Oh. If you want to keep your movie all in the U.S., uh, in Louisiana. The uh, Native American mounds, aka known as the Indian mounds, date back to eleven thousand years ago. Oh wow! Uh, they are the oldest man-made structure on the North American continent. They also happen to be just outside of LSU's. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like an LSU <laughs> thing for tailgate parties. LSU Stadium, and they are collapsing under the weight of the tailgate parties. There is seems to be no plan in place to save them. There were 8,000 mounds, but they destroyed most of them to build the LSU campus. Wow. <laughs> go Tigers. And that's, of course, go G-E-A-U-X, Tigers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the, the last little fun one I definitely want to get out there is the movie was, of course, shot in Mexico, right? Uh, it was while Rachel Ward was ha- on her honeymoon. Uh, think about that for a second, because she had fantastic chemistry with her co-star jeff bridges where that wasn't on film uh, and they had pretty torrid sex scenes quote Mm. it was a particularly bizarre shoot for us luckily her husband brian brown is also a wonderful actor and was very understanding (laughs) jeff bridges says yeah so guys what do we learn from against all odds (laughs) what did we learn what did we learn guys 
I'm not getting that time of my life back. <laughs> what? Um, no, I, I I learned that Samoyeds hate beach volleyball. That's true. Uh, I learned uh, Mayan football rules are really different from American football. <laughs> I learned. Oh, I don't know what I learned from this. Didn't you have a big revelation you were teasing well, it was, earlier? It was the it was the, it was a remake. That was what I had learned. Oh, like, that was that, my big thing. That was your big revelation. That it was yeah. okay. I thought I thought I was I thought I was holding that card to myself. Like oh, oh. I did all this research. No. Damn. He worked so hard for that, baby. Sorry, you man. just blew it. You oh, just okay. blew it. <laughs> well, I, I guess I, I learned where the ginger man is officially, and it's not in LA. How about that? <laughs> There's still time. No. <laughs> so I would be interested to find out if the writers of the movie purposely named the ginger man as like, you know, a sort of shout out to either of those bars. Or the book itself. I think there's, again, there's these little nuggets where I got to go back and do some research and you know, do some investigating. So, never find the answers. No, no. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, well, it guys, was. Well, yeah. Th thanks for watching this movie with us. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry you guys didn't enjoy it as much as we did just by how insane it fucking was. <laughs> oh, I didn't hate it. I just, it wasn't, I mean, there's far worse things in that movie. There's a lot better things too. Right. <laughs> Again, I, I I enjoyed it. I love getting together with you guys to review movies. I can't. I don't know what we're gonna do next time, but I like this was a good nobody seen it movie, so we can come at it fresh, completely unbiased, and had some actors that we like in it that we knew, so that made it more fun, and all the factoids that go along with it. But for those of you that are listening to this maybe the first time and never have heard of everything I learned from movies, Stephen, Izzy, tell everybody where they can learn about your show. Oh, well, of course, you can find us on all the major podcatchers under Everything I Learned from Movies. Uh, we watch bad to questionable movies and just basically explain like what we learned from them because mm -hmm. you, you can learn anything from oh movies have lessons. Yeah, there's lessons to be learned. And yes. we also just love movies. So it's like even if it's like oh, some parts are cool and the rest of it's crap, we can kind of help yeah. with that. Oh, guys, we love movies. And we also talk about beer because we also like beer and are BJCP certified beer judges. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but babe, where can we find you on social? Oh, wait, I, I, I got to talk about how you can reach us. How can you, can you reach us, us, Steve? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Patreon at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies. But babe, <gasps> can we find you on social media at all? Nope. I can't be found. Liar. Oh, wait. Yeah, you can find me everywhere at Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. You can find a bunch of my cool art, uh, all kinds of stuff. I'm everywhere at Untidy Venus. Where can we find you guys? Man, I wish I had a catchy jingle like you guys. But no. You guys got to learn to sing as a little. Uh... <laughs> yeah, during motorsports break fix or something. <laughs> that's, that's good. I'm going to use that. No, but for those of you listening to us on E-I-L-F-M. Or the first time, although we've gotten together many times over the last couple of years, we are available everywhere in the planet where good podcasts and rubbish like ones are like ours exist as well at Grand Touring Motorsports or search Break Fix Podcast. Our mission is to shed light on something we call the autosphere. Part of our major goal is to 
capture the living history of different people and expose that to, you know, maybe some younger petrol heads out there that want to be, they want to learn how to become that person or how to get that job or how to do that thing. So we're always interested in car adjacent stories or even talking about movies like this with a great car chase scene in it and picking out and doing a little bit of car spotting, but having a lot of fun along the way. So it's not your, you know, typical, you know, we're going to review the ratio or talk about history on this date and in this place in this time. It's really a lot of fun and we love cross over with Stephen Izzy. So thanks for having us again. Yeah. Well, th th thanks for Thank having, you us. having us. Yeah. If you're, <laughs> if you're listening to this on Grand Touring Motorsports Grand Prix, like come hit us up and thank you all so much for putting up with our shenanigans. Yeah. And when we talk about that Jackie Chan racing movie, uh, Th Thunderbolt or whatever. Yeah. We keep teasing it. Let's do it. <laughs> and I've Send got it. a couple more that uh, might be potential ones for us as well. Or Death Race, the the, the Satan one. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> or Death Race 2000 was Steve's favorite joke in the uh, whole world. Uh, it's a hand grenade. Uh, anyway, awkward. Pregnant. Where can we find you, Tanya? Oh, she only uses my social media. Oh. Okay. <laughs> So take a